0: Welcome back to the Ireland Football Fans Podcast. Uh, I'm Joseph McCarthy of Irish Abroad, and I'm joined again by Mark Kennedy of Hawkeye Psychic and Phil Flanagan from the bottomless pit of football. Stephen Kennedy has announced his squad for the upcoming playoff against Slovakia on the 8th of October, Wales and Finland. After the first two games where the team failed to impress, we were hoping to see a change in the squad or new players brought in. Shamrock Rovers, Jack Byrne and Blackburn Rovers, Derek Williams have joined the squad. But it feels very much like the same as Kenny's first squad. And I think fans are waiting to see what difference the month has made to the
1: performance in the first game.
0: Mark, what was your initial reaction to the squad?
1: Yeah, I wasn't too surprised, Joe. I didn't think he'd be making a whole lot of sweeping changes. I think he had to give players uh, more of an opportunity to impress, I suppose, the curious point for me was a few players that are currently injured. At the moment, I think Robbie Brady and Callum Douda are currently injured for the club. So it'll be interesting to see if those two players make it on even the travelling party Slovakia. But good to see Jack Byrne in. He's tried to keep it consistent, which is fair enough. Now, I suppose the million-dollar question is, how are the team going to be in terms of cohesion, tactic, setup? Another few kind of training sessions under their belt under the new manager? So minimum changes, not too surprised by it, to be perfectly honest, Joe. Yeah, uh, I
0: think the inclusion of Jack Byrne is a positive. He's been playing really well for Shamrock Rovers in the last few weeks. He did look out of place against Stacey Milan and was man in a match against Dundalk at the weekend. Derek Williams' inclusion, maybe not too much of a surprise, but I feel like we're a bit short in defence. Phil, what did you think when the squad was announced today?
2: Yeah, well, it's a positive that Byrne is in the squad, and I think... um He's obviously realised he needs someone like that. Maybe he thought he could get away with it in the first two games, but I think he sees that there isn't a massive amount of creativity in the middle, no matter who you put in there. So it's it's a positive that he's in it. And it's as well be his first squad because the two games that we've played, the fitness levels were poor. There wasn't really a lot of cohesion. And this is really the first time he's going to see the players with a, not a preseason, but with games under their belt. They'll be performing nearly at a hundred percent. They're on a good run of games. And Really, from the first two games, as we said in the last part, there was more questions than answers. So, you know, it's a solid squad and there should be enough in it to maybe get a result. Really, the big tell will be the team he picks on the night against Slovakia. But until then, yeah, it's an okay squad. It's the best we have, I think.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone has really argued with the majority of the squad. There's a few minor quibbles, maybe, that Camo has been included as Mark said, and Robbie Brady, despite both players currently being injured. Brady's injury seems to be a, a little less severe, but Odada has, hasn't has played a, a minute of football since the two games against Bulgaria and Finland a few weeks ago, and didn't really impress in, in either game, in my opinion, and I was even thinking that he could be he dropped out of the squad
2: entirely. I think that maybe... Kenny thinks that O'Dowd is like one of the only players we have that can actually dribble with the football and like take a man on and play quick one, two passes. And maybe that's why he was in the first squad and that's why he's in this squad. But I think that's possibly why he's brought Byrne in, in case Odowda isn't fit. That Byrne is someone like Odouda slightly who can play in between the lines, play that little quick pass, beat a man, look up and like we don't have many of them in there. I think that's why ODodo was probably in it in the first place, and if he's not fit, that's where Byrne might come in.
0: That's true. It's a good point. And I, something that we noticed between the last two games was that, in the changes that he made, he swapped in a similar player to play in the same position and play the same role. So we had Harry Arthur replacing James McCarthy, a defensive midfielder, for a defensive midfielder. We had Robbie Brady coming in for Conor Hourihan to attacking midfielders with good range of passing and a threat from set pieces, and then finally we had Jason Malumbi replacing Jeff Hendrick. And Malumbi has played that box to box role for Kenny in the under twenty one squad, but unfortunately he didn't really impress enough against Finland, maybe to justify his starting position. And looking at the squad as it was announced today, we've three goalkeepers. There's seven defenders, and considering that he's played a back four in both games, and we've got three games in very short succession, I'm not sure if that's enough. There's eight midfielders to fill the three positions again across the three games, with Byrne the only change. And then up front, we've got eight forwards uh, to fill the three forward slots, which will probably be a target man and two wide pacey forwards. So you'd imagine McGoldrick and Ida, will play in the target man role. And then any two from Callum Robinson, Callum O'Dowda, James McLean, Aaron Connolly and Shane Long will play in that wide pacey role that he identified in the first two games. So uh, if we start with the goalkeepers, Darren Randolph has been the first choice number one uh, for five years now since coming on against Germany. I haven't seen anyone really threaten him to take that, that jersey off him. He's named the the squad alongside Cuevin Callagher and Mark Travers, who's also carrying injury at the moment. Neither of them have a lot of first-team football this season. Darren Randolph has only played uh, the two League Cup games for West Ham. Cuevin Callagher has played once for Liverpool and Travers has appeared twice for Bournemouth. We mentioned before, on a previous episode that we thought there might be a goalkeeping crisis uh, on the horizon for Ireland. I posted on Twitter that I thought Danny Rogers might be a long shot or a wild card for the squad. He's, he's been selected for Klamarnock and has kept clean sheets in his last couple of games. Clamarnock uh, on a good run of form, but are still fifth in the Scottish Premier League. And maybe a little further afield, Sean McDermott has only recently returned from injury for Christiansen in the Norwegian League. Phil, what do you think of our options in goals at the moment? And do you think that there's anyone that uh, should be in the squad?
2: Well, as far as Randolph's concerned, I suppose he, he, we're lucky he's played a couple of games, but there's no one really near him yet in terms of experience. I think this could be Kelleher's last squad, maybe, if Gavin Bazuna keeps going the way he's going, because out of Travers, Kelleher and Bezuna, Kelleher's not playing. I know he's playing for the under-23s, but he's not actually playing first-team football. And you have two keepers there now who are, so... I don't see the sense in putting Kelleher in the Irish squad anymore if he's not playing first-team football. Um, I think it would benefit someone like Gambozuna much more to put him in and give him a bit of experience um, so early on in his career. Like Keller has been part of a couple of squads already, and obviously he hasn't played, but there's no harm in changing it up. As far as the number one's concerned, as I said, Randolph, he's still our best keeper by a mile, the most experienced. It's just a shame we know he's not going to play a lot this season, unless unless someone gets injured, it was Sam.
0: Um Mark Gambazzino is definitely one for the, the long term. Uh, he seems to have settled into his, uh, his loan at Rochdale really quickly and has made that number one jersey very much his own. But with the under-21 vital qualifier against Italy coming up on the 13th of October and the squad yet to be announced for that game, I think he might be better for the under-21s that he turns out for the side. Just looking ahead into November, the under-21s will be facing Iceland at home and then away to Luxembourg. And with all due respect to both sides, you'd expect uh, Ireland to take at least four points from those two games. So do you think Bazuna could get promoted to the senior team for the Nations League game against Wales and Bulgaria and potentially uh, a playoff against either Bosnia or Northern Ireland?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting uh, question, Joe. I think it all depends on the under 21 qualification campaign. I think he's a quality keeper. I think his loan spell with uh, Rochdale, even at this early stage, is really he's earned an awful lot of praise from an awful lot of people within that football club already. But I I think from Stephen Kenny's perspective, I think he's still going to gauge it in terms of the three guys he has currently. Again, do we put in Kieran Westwood's name into the mix here? I know he's. Coming into the latter end of his career. But what happens if a Darren Randolph goes down with an injury in a League Cup fixture in the next few weeks? We do have an awful lot of shortage in terms of experience, Travers, Kelleher. It's going to be a daunting kind of prospect for those guys to really fill the breach. I mean, I think Westwood will be worth kind of a, a serious consideration here. The other guy, goalkeeping-wise, maybe Max O'Leary is maybe a guy that we should be looking at a little bit from Bristol City. He signed a new three-year contract with Bristol City, their top of the championship Dean Holden the manager has really kind of earned high praise for Max O'Leary. And feeling around Bristol is that Max O'Leary will be number one probably by mid of next uh, of the season. So but um to go back to your point, I think Bazuno, I think will kind of retain the under twenty one squad birth for now. I think that's the key. You know, he's still relatively young as well, Joe, and hopefully gets the game minutes with Rochdale and also on the under 21's the series qualification campaign still left. So I wouldn't distract the player.
0: There's also O'Hara to return for Burton Albion. He's currently suspended from the end of last season or when the, the games were ended last season. Uh, but we do expect him to take that number one jersey when his suspension is completed. Looking at the defenders, as I said, seven defenders in a team that plays in a back four facing three games in a, a short space of time isn't enough. I think Kenny recognized that he made a mistake in the previous squad by calling up Darrell Shea. Uh, Now he didn't play in either of the two games but it meant that we had eight defenders in the squad, two players covering each position. Now with the under-21s having a qualifier in October, I don't know if we have the luxury of calling up Darrell Shea. So I suppose there's two questions really. Is seven players enough? And the question that's that Kenny is going to face for the foreseeable future the majority of his tenure who does he start at right back is it Seamus Coleman or Matt Doherty
1: yeah i think that's a million dollar question um Coleman can't be left out guys. kenny with the f- current form that he's in since you know his exclusion from those nation league games i think his form has been absolutely spectacular and ancelotti has been you know first to kind of credit his captaincy his leadership you know his qualities as a player in the dressing room and these performances at everton have been magnificent um, yeah, I mean, he's gone for it, the back guys uh, to be considered, you know, maybe <laughs> I thought was kind of considered live at the back with a Coleman, Egan, Duffy kind of central defensive back three that would have free up the likes of Doherty on one flank and Stevens on the other. But again, is he going to be brave enough to do that, <laughs> particularly against Slovakia? It is a key question. Doherty's just got into the first team set up internationally wise. We know what he brings to the table. I know he's had a mixed start with his Tottenham career, but we know his quality is going forward. You know, he's a quality player. So it's a bit of a conundrum for Stephen Kenny. I mean, he's kind of backed himself into the corner by virtue of the fact that Coleman wasn't given any game time, particularly in the Nations League games. So I think both guys have to feature in some shape or form. And I think Kenny, and particularly his managerial backroom staff, have to really become creative here. They need Coleman. They need his leadership, particularly at the back. And also to need Doherty, particularly for his attacking runs. to deep. So I don't know what you think about that, Philip. But I definitely think Coleman has to be in there anyway.
2: I'd agree. Um, I suppose like context is everything when you think of the next game coming up. It's a game they don't have to win in 90 minutes. They could take it to 120 minutes. They could take it to penalties. You're away. And Coleman has that experience. He's on paper. He's probably a better defender than Doherty. Is he a better player on their day? I don't know. But he's the form player. darty has gone to a Mourinho team that hasn't really kicked on yet this season. And Coleman is like flourishing under Ancelotti and he's put in some serious performances. So on that basis, you'd you'd start Coleman. Overall, you know, I'd be preferable. I'd like to see D'Arte in there in the long term. But for a one-off game or for two essentially two one-off games, I think you'd have to play Coleman. Because it's gonna, he's, you know, it's gonna be a defensively minded game. So, I think you have to start him. And just with the, like, the issue of not naming a fourth centre back, it's a really confusing one because, you know, he waited so long to call up O'Shea the last time, and it was the obvious thing. We had said it on the podcast. We said like he's, he's obviously going to call someone up. So I don't know why he hasn't named a fourth centre back. Um, you've got like he's, he's probably retired Kevin Long now at this stage by not putting him in. He's had a few games. He had a decent run at the end of last season. Kieran Clark's played two league games for Newcastle. He's not playing in the league, but his experience there. Like the other two options, then are you've got Jimmy Dunn, who's young, and he's playing with Burnley, and you've got O'Shea. So I'm wondering, is he keeping his powder dry and he's waiting to see which player has a better time of it and adds them one of them in late, which would seem strange. I don't know why he just doesn't stick maybe Clark in there just as cover. It's it's experience is what you want in a playoff situation it's not the time for trying out young fellas or or starting center backs with like one or two senior caps you want someone who can handle the pressure if he comes off the bench if it's nil all with 20 minutes to go or something so I don't know what his thinking is behind not naming more defenders I don't get it at all maybe perhaps as well
1: Derek Williams uh, he has partnered Daryl Lenehan for one or two of the games, Blackburn have yeah. started the season as well. So maybe there's a versatility angle here that Williams can slot into the full back and also on a centre half role. But yeah, it's true for you guys, you know, for real designated centre halves, seems a bit glaring.
0: I think as well that Coleman's leadership could see him start at, at, well, at least one of the games you'd hope to see him start all three, to be honest. He was named as captain and, appeared in press conferences on the road to the to the, the first game against Bulgaria but then was absent for both games uh, he's been performing probably as well as he's done in a long time for Everton and managed uh, an assist at the weekend uh, his first in a year and i think if you look at the Bulgaria goal again the defense are pulled over to the right and uh, john egan at the at the beginning of the move that leads to the goal, Egan is actually marking Crave, who, who scores. And then as the ball is moved across the middle of the park, the defence moves with it and Egan loses his man. And then he's all alone to receive the pass to score. And I just think with Coleman as captain beside him, instead of Darty, he would have been told to stay with his man and uh, you know let Duffy... Duffy followed the other striker and the, the space wouldn't have been created. Maybe Duffy wasn't the right choice for captain. Maybe, you know, Darty doesn't have that leadership side to his game. And, you know, maybe we could have come away with a, a better result than a, a one-all draw. Looking down through the, the list of other defenders that have played so far this season, there's not a lot of names jumping out. You could possibly make an argument for Warren O'Hara on loan at MK Dons from Brighton, although I think he'll be in the under 21 squad. Phil, as you mentioned, Jimmy Dunn. But I think just uh, another wild card pick could be Tommy Hoban at Aberdeen. He's come back from the latest in a long series of long term injuries and has settled in well to the Aberdeen defence. You know Shane Duffy is in the squad. Obviously, he's playing in a much better team in Celtic, but uh, Aberdeen are still a, a, an SPL team. He's played in uh, European games this season, and I think he could be one maybe to watch out for in the future. He was highly thought of at under twenty one level, and just had a succession of serious long term injuries. So the fact that he's still playing professional football at all is a, a testament to his his character. You know, he's a player. I think maybe we should have a look at. In midfield, the big talking point is Jack Burns' inclusion for the first time under Stephen Kenny. He's a player that I don't think will start. And if you look at the two games against Finland and against Bulgaria, you're not, not really sure who he'd replace. He doesn't play strictly in midfield. He tends to play in that withdrawn number 10 kind of role for Shamrock Rovers and threading passes for strikers and making space for shots himself because he wasn't involved in the first two games, I don't think he's going to start against Slovakia. He may very well come on, and he's the kind of player that's similar to James McLean when he comes on. Uh, His ability and his fitness levels will cause havoc when he gets the ball. Mark, uh, what do you think of the midfielders that Kenny has picked?
1: Again, I, I don't think he could draw any of them under the bus by not including them in the squad after the Nations League games. I mean, he had very Short window to work with these midfielders, anyway. And I mean, the pre season as well was probably a factor. I think as Philip as a dude, is, I mean, we're now in regular season mode, guys have got game minutes. Um, I mean, it's a solid look to it, guys. You know, if everyone kind of plays to their potential, I mean, we got sufficient holding midfielders and the, the likes of the McCarty's, the Arters, Connor Hurahan as well could maybe fulfill that role along with Malumbi. I suppose with Jack Byrne's inclusion, it, I, I'd love to see him come on with 65 minutes, 70 minutes on the clock against Slovakia. Particularly if, let's say, that the game's opening up a bit, Byrne would be uh, an ideal player to come in and kind of impose his creativity on the game. Because Robbie Brady, from our, our perspective, and maybe Hendrik as well to a certain extent, do provide that creativity for us. So it'd be great to kind of provide that extra edge for us to allow a bit of more improved service. Overall, it's a solid, solid selection. Again, I suppose, question mark over Robbie Brady. But again, we've plenty on the set piece here. Delivery, like likes of Horahan. And I mean, Hendrick has played very well for Newcastle United, uh, particularly at the start of the season. So um, I would hope that, particularly the midfield unit, I think we mentioned on the previous podcast, we were very disappointed by the overall balance, cohesion of that midfield for those two Nations League games. I think we should see a vastly improved performance here depending on the, the players that are being picked here. So my hopes would be high. I mean, I think it's a solid selection.
0: Changing the, the three midfielders between the two games, maybe it was an admission that he got it wrong for the first game, but I actually thought the midfield did all right. And I could understand maybe changing one just to have a, a look at another player in that same role, but changing all three was a bit strange. And like I said, I felt uh, it might have been Kenny admitting maybe just himself, that he got it wrong against Bulgaria. Phil, do you think we're going to see any of the three players that started against Finland, Arthur, Malumbi and Brady in the starting 11 against Slovakia?
2: No, I don't think so. I think he knows what he wants, but he doesn't know the players who can give it to him or what combination works. And that was obvious by the six we saw over the two games. So I think because of the game, as I said before, it's a one-off. It's a knockout. It's decided on the night. I think you have to go with experience over Anaton. And I think like McCarthy will obviously step into the wheeling role. I know Archer's he's doing okay and he's got his move to Forest, but I think McCarthy's getting regular game time now and he's fit. So I think he'll slot in there. And I think like you'll probably see Hendrick and Horan Horan. Obviously, as you said, Mark, he's, you know he's he's starting to score goals, create chances. He's coming into a bit of form early on and it's still our biggest weapon, isn't it, set pieces. So I'm still not convinced by him as a centre midfielder, but he has enough in his locker to warrant a starting position. So I think it'll be experience more than Anton and I can't see any, any big changes. The only thing I wonder is I don't think it was C Burn at all, because I think if it's nil all with twenty minutes, I know Kenny's a pragmatic manager, but like I think I don't think he's gonna bring him on at nil all. I think he's just gonna play the waiting game. I don't think I couldn't see him going for it. The other question is I wonder we talked about Hendrick when he moved to Newcastle and that how it's great now that he's moving to Newcastle and that he he they might play him in his right position which is like a box to box kind of midfielder and they've actually just gone and done what Sean Dyche has done played him on the right so I wonder like is it time we started maybe doing that we don't have a right sided player like and I I'm not up for this you know play Doherty in front of Coleman thing because they're too similar should we not maybe even think about playing I know the other option is Robinson, but he'd be wasted on the right because he likes to come in off the left. So is Hendrik an option on the right? I did feel against Bulgaria
0: that Daugherty and Hendrik and Odauda didn't work very well, particularly o- Odauda and Hendrik. They both seemed to be trying to do the same thing, and neither of them were doing it particularly well. They were just getting in each other's way. Like Odauda started wide right up front, and Hendrik was on the, the right of the midfield three, pushing forward, and it just felt like they were getting in each other's way, you know, Odda was dropping deep and Hendrik was pushing forward and they ended up standing on each other's toes at times. And then you had Darty pushing forward from right fullback and just adding to the confusion. So for that reason, I don't think we're going to see Odauda up front, uh, if indeed he is past fit to join the squad. I think if we go for the three up front again, it's going to be McGoldrick, Callum Robinson, and Aaron Connolly. Uh, So that will be three Premier League strikers. Robinson and Connolly have already scored this season. Uh, McGoldrick is a a regular in the Sheffield United starting eleven and plays a very similar role to that for the Blades. So I don't see anyone else in the forwards that were picked that could replace any of those three. Now, that being said, I wouldn't have picked Adam Ida to start in the last two games. He hasn't started many games for Norwich since then. So he, I think he will be a good player. And I think he's too good for the under-21s. He's just not good enough to start for the senior team just yet. I think he's getting great experience. And I'm delighted to see him in the squad. But I, I wouldn't start him. Mark, how do you think uh, it's going to look up front?
1: Can't really argue with to Joe in terms of the guys he selected there. Ida, for me, is you know a long-term prospect. And I think Stephen Kenny realises that. He's blooded him in on the Nations League games. No guys, he might just retain the faith on Ida as well. But a bit of a ballsy move going to Slovakia in a European Championship playoff qualifier when you have experience in McGoldrick and Shane Long there. But I think the three you've mentioned, if they go 4-3-3, which I don't think there'll be anything to controversial in terms of team selection it looks as if the tree that you mentioned joe should be uh, in there i'd be interested to also see the impact that james McLean will come off the bench because he has started the season pretty well with stoke city a guy with plenty of energy will go up and down that flank for us particularly if we need something urgent you know in slovakia in the last 10-15 minutes so i think that selection is pretty much going to be what's going to face slovakia on october 8th
0: phil uh, we're faced with the same question we had in, when the last squad was announced. Why isn't Michael Obafemi in the team? He's appeared twice for Southampton since the two Nations League games at the start of, of September. Callum Adauda, I know we keep mentioning him, but he hasn't played for Bristol and he is currently injured. Chen Long has appeared three times for Southampton, but he, he hasn't scored yet. Why do you think femi has been left out of the squad? Is it that he can't play one of the roles that Kenny has identified in his 4-3-3? Or do you think that there could be a personality clash? And do you think that there's any
2: long-term implications for his continued omission? Well, the one thing I'll say is I didn't see anyone ask where Obafemi was today after the press conference. Yeah. conference. And I didn't see it on Twitter. I, I saw a lot of, you know, thank God, Jack Burden. But I didn't see Aubameyang's name mentioned once. I think that he was obviously omitted from the first two squads or for the first squad. And Kenny's reason was he he doesn't play as as a lone striker. And we've got three that can. He plays as a two. The second thing is he's not that experienced. He's not done enough for me to get ahead of Long and Connolly and McGoldrick. Like he's, he's, maybe he should be in there instead of Ida. Yeah. Okay. But Kenny likes Ida. So he's had temperament issues. He didn't react well to being in the first squad. And since then, he hasn't done anything to say, well, look at me, you need to be putting me in. Whereas if the likes of Connolly, who's already scored this season and like has played really well. So I don't see it as a problem that Obafemi isn't in the squad at all, to be honest with you. I don't think he's a loss with the options we have. And just to go back, Mark, you made a great point about McLean. I'm all for what Kenny's trying to do, rip up the style and all that. We've gone through all that. But this is a, a one-off game. McLean has started the season well he ended last season well he is a header at the best of times but you're going away to Slovakia we're not going to be exactly bossing them around the pitch so having a player like McLean maybe even start for a one-off game I can't believe I'm saying this wouldn't be a bad thing because if he could just maybe not get the other card into the 70th minute he would run all day he'd run through brick walls like we saw it against Wales away like you know we've seen it in big games where he's ran the ball down and, and goals have come from it. So, like, he mightn't be a bad option for a one-off game like that. And he's probably itching to get back in the team. And that kind of goes back to the thing with Coleman as well. Like, you can imagine how fired up Coleman would be to get back in the squad. Big game, captain. You know, it would be devastating. And, you know, his form, he kind of deserves to be back in. So, having those two back in, I think, for a one-off game or two one-off games, it's, it's, it could be a really good idea, like. And... Go back to Coleman again, I know we're on about the fours, but Duffy needs someone to be roaring at him. He he needs someone to be shouting at him, tell him where he is. Like he he he'll get away with it in the Scottish League, but he needs someone telling him what to do. And Coleman can do that. Whereas Darty Darty is soft spoken, he doesn't really say a lot, and he hasn't really looked comfortable in an Ireland jersey. Sorry, I went on a bit of a tangent there, for, no, I wouldn't have um Buffemi near the squad. I know you strongly disagree, Joe. <laughs>
0: Uh, I do. I don't think we're in a position where we can omit Premier League players. Uh, we struggle to score.
2: And OK, take Eide out. i take Eide out in the morning and put Obafemi in. I wouldn't blink an eye. But that's all. I wouldn't take Connolly or Longhouse. And then you're down I to, w- like, is he even going to play? Probably not.
0: Yeah. I. But again, I think he could play a similar role to as a, as an impact substitute to, say, McLean or, or Brady. I don't think O'Bafemi's done enough this season for Southampton to justify his starting position but I think he's done enough and certainly more than Dowda has to justify his squad position I mean if you think that Sean Maguire was brought into the, the last squad ahead of O'Bafemi and you know he's he's started three games for Preston this season and he's yet to score I think if Maguire is brought in to replace Odauda if he is withdrawn from the squad then I don't know if that means Obafemi is is going to play for Ireland again. Well, obviously not in October, possibly not November as well. And due to a recent change in the rules by FIFA, he would actually become eligible to change his nationality. And that's not an eventuality I want to consider. And bringing him into the squad and giving him a cap, no matter how cynical that may be, will just end that conversation straight away. We criticised Martin O'Neill for not capping Declan Rice earlier. We criticised Trapattoni for not capping Grealish earlier. Losing talented players by not acting cynically is something that we're very, very much aware of.
2: I don't think it's the same situation, though, is it, with Obafemi? Like, if Obafemi was to turn around and say, right, you're not playing me after, like, two, three squads, I'm gone
0: it's to. more than just two or three squads though he hasn't played since he made his debut for various reasons but he's fit and available he scored against Manchester United as recently as two, less than two months ago I don't understand why he's not in the squad and I, I disagree with very little of what Stephen Kenny has done and a, the vast vast majority of the squad is exactly what mm-hmm. I would pick it's just maybe this one thing is bothering me why are we meeting a player who does what we struggle to do. He's a goal scorer, and we struggle to score goals. It it just doesn't make sense to me.
1: I suppose he's still involved in the under-21 setup as well, Joe. We have a key qualification campaign coming up, so maybe is that the thought process behind Stephen Kenny? That
0: he was seen. called into the under-21s for their training camp at the same time, the senior team met up but he was withdrawn by Southampton uh, along with teammate Will Smallbone so he could possibly be named in the other 21 squads to face Italy
1: Joe I'd much prefer him to be playing in that fixture than sitting on a bench in Slovakia to be
2: perfectly fair the chances of Ida getting on against Slovakia I would say I know he started the two games up front but I would say are slim so if that's the case if you're changing up Femi out from, him there's not much point bringing him like if you're chasing the game you're bringing on long if you're not, I can't see a situation where where he'd be coming off the bench. In I that, guess,
0: game. I guess what it comes down to is if we're chasing a result uh, against Slovakia, and let's not forget against Wales and against Finland, and you're looking at the bench and you're thinking, do I bring on a Championship striker or do I bring on a Premier League striker?
2: You're not bringing on either of them if you're chasing the game with 20 minutes to go. You're bringing on Jack Byrne. That's the thing. He's not going to take a striker off. He's probably going to bring on Jack Byrne. Or O'Dowda if he doesn't play. I, I, That's my feeling on it anyway. I don't think they'd be going like for like unless McGoldrick is dead on his feet. But the chances are if we're 1-0 down, McGoldrick's just standing on the halfway line doing nothing all game. That's just my feeling on it. Like,
0: Well, if you look at the substitutions that he made in the, the last two games, Brady... Robinson and Long came on for McCarthy, Ida and Odauda uh, against Bulgaria. And then against Finland, all front three came off. Odauda, Ida and Connolly for Robinson, McLean and McGoldrick. Now, McGoldrick admittedly was carrying an injury and wasn't expected to start and didn't start. But I do expect him to start in Slovakia.
2: I'm not really sure what we can read into that. That's the thing, because you're not chasing a, you're not chasing a win if you go down. You're chasing a goal you can still live off the draw. Whereas like he, he was losing his first home game. I think if we're chasing a goal in Slovakia, if we're
0: 1-0 down with 10 minutes to go, or even 20 minutes to go, and he brings on Bern, he'll need someone else up front. Uh, if he persists with the same starting three, they're going to be tired. They're not going to be troubling the defence as much as they had been at the start of the game. And... I just feel that Obafemi, with his pace, is the kind of player that could get something from a tiring defence and could get on the end of one of the balls that Jack Byrne is is able to play. And I think he could do it better than Callum without that.
2: I wouldn't disagree with that at all.
1: Yeah, he does need to prove himself at club level as well, Joe, to a certain extent. I mean, this season, we've seen Adams get game time. Danny Ings is the main man there. For Obafemi, I mean, even he's kind of... Goals, I think, have to be get more game minutes with Southampton, get himself on Stephen Kenny's radar a little bit. I mean, I think the under-21 squad, he's consolidated there, but for a senior squad-level call-up, you would hope that he would get a bit more, a few more game minutes, and I think that'll happen during the year. So I think it's maybe kind of a work in progress, and hopefully, you know, come start of 2021, we may see kind of Obafemi get into that senior squad. So... All's not lost, Joe. He, he, he'll make it.
2: We're ganging I up think, in here, Joe. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. no doubt that he will. It's just it's just my bugbear at the moment. Slovakia also named the squad today, and as expected, Newcastle's Martin Dubravka doesn't make the squad. Uh, there have been rumors that former Liverpool defender Martin Skirtle was going to come out of retirement for this game, but it hasn't come to pass. Whoever does get picked up for up front for Ireland is probably going to be facing uh, an inexperienced goalkeeper. Between the three of them, Dusan Kuciak my apologies if I've mispronounced his name, is the most experienced with 10 caps. He's currently playing in Poland with uh, Lecia Gdansk. The other two goalkeepers in the squad are Dominic Grief of Slovan Bratislava and Marek Rodak of Fulham, who have uh, three and a single cap uh, respectively. I know it's it's early days in the Premier League yet, but if you can't get into that Fulham defence, considering the start that they've had, you're probably not uh, international class level. And I definitely would expect us to score against Slovakia. They conceded three in their home Nations League game against the Czech Republic. They had the minority of possession. They had 44% of the, the Czechs, uh, 56 And The Czechs absolutely battered their goals with 18 shots and five of them on target from which they scored their three goals, albeit one of them was a penalty. And Slovakia's consolation goal came very, very late uh, in that 3-1 loss. Mark, I mean, if we're looking through the Slovakia squad, you can argue that it's very similar to us, that they don't have an outstanding player, but there's a lot of talent in the squad and they're probably going to make it difficult for us but I would expect us to get a result I mean what did you think of the squad that was named
1: today Uh, I think the big news was the likes of Dubravka big loss for that Slovakian team if you see their qualification campaign here Joe and I think this is where likes of the James McLean's and even the Robbie Brady's will come in an awful lot of vulnerability in their full-back positions Uh, they've Peter Prekarik hurt at Berlin magnificent central defender but from a kind of perspective to do let an awful lot of crosses in and the Czech Republic game was a real reality check for the coaching staff if I remember right here I think they went 3-4-2-1 and they literally got ripped asunder. To, to be honest uh, just there was no real shape about them I mean I think the three goals for Czech Republic was being kind of Slovakia on the night uh, and as you said uh, their consolation was very scant and then against Israel the one-all draw they took the, the lead early from Juris, now, who will probably feature up front along with Bozanik Again, it's a kind of a case of their possession count in these last two games have been very low for their perspective. I think in the Czech Republic game, they had only 40% possession and it was 30% possession against Israel. Israel literally knocked the door down trying to get an equaliser and it happened right on the final whistle in Tel Aviv. So again, I think Slovakia are there to be got at. Their form is... Nowhere world beating. <laughs> you could say the same for Bosnia Herzegovina and also Northern Ireland for that respect in our kind of Euro playoff uh, pool opponents. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think an awful lot's going to be resting on the likes of uh, Marek Hamzic. He's playing his football in Dalian with uh, Rafa Benitez in China and he'll slot right back in. You'll have Kuka as well from Parma. He seems to be the ever present in that side as well. So they'll be big, they'll be technically decent, but there are Falabilities there, particularly out wide, and if we can get the right service into our front three, I think anything's possible on the night.
0: Phil, just looking down through their squad, I know we, we talked about the numbers selected in each position by Stephen Kenny, but the Slovakian coach has picked nine okay. defenders, eleven midfielders, and just three strikers. Now they played a uh, four-five-one at home against the Czech Republic. So looking at that squad, you could imagine they're probably going to go with that same 4-5-1 or with a, a diamond in midfield, um, which would make the most of their pretty experienced midfielders and defence. If we're playing three in midfield again, I could see us getting overrun. But if we can get the ball beyond that five, I think our front three will definitely cause our defence problems. Their three most capped defenders, Pekarik, Srinikar and Diomber, have the lion's share of their caps uh, in defence. And, and whoever the fourth defender is, you know, Vavro, Satka, Mazan, Valiant, Paushek and Koshelnik will have at most nine caps. And there's, there's definitely inexperience experience there that, that we can exploit. Do you think their midfield is
2: going to cause us problems just by sheer numbers? It's hard to know. It's hard to know kind of what state Mark Hamsick's in. He's 33. He's playing in China, as Mark said. There's hardly any young players. I don't see anyone under the age of, what, 22. And it. a lot of experience by the goalkeeping position. And they've no real killer, you know. It's, so they're kind of similar to us. Like, they've no one that you're going to be afraid of. Like, years ago, we used to, when we lost Robbie Keane, And we still haven't replaced them. But, you know, you might go up against Poland and you might look at it and you say, well, yeah, we're fairly even matched all over the pitch. But look, they've got one world-class player who, if they get one chance, will just kill us. The same with Sweden. The same with Denmark, with Christian Eriksen. So, looking at this, they haven't really got a lot in midfield or up front. Bar Hamsik. I'm sure Kenny might even tell someone to try and do a number on him and just keep with them the whole game. And then, really, it just comes down to fine margins and possibly set pieces. So I don't see anything to be massively worried about in that squad. Granted, I don't know a lot of them. I know a few of them. But that in in turn tells me that it's going to be a fairly even tie. There's going to be this game finished nil all. It would not surprise me at all.
0: Okay, there's uh, a lot to look forward to. As we record, the Welsh and Finnish squads have yet to be announced. So in the next episode, we'll have a look at those two squads and see how we think... Stephen Kenny's men will fare in the two Nations League games we have in October. I'd like to thank Mark and Phil for our animated discussion on Stephen <laughs> Kenny's squad. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks. Bye.